up, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Main Event Heat podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. It's been, I think, about five weeks or so since we last talked. I gotta say, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking about coming back a little bit earlier. I had bounced around the idea of doing this last week, even the week before. This week, I, I, I had a good reason to not do it this week. I'm actually nursing a fucking ear infection right now. It uh, kind of sucks, but but man, you know, now just, just saying that intro just a moment ago, man, I'm so glad that we're finally back. So let's see, like I said, about five weeks, I think, since, since the... Uh, since the finale of season one, what have I been up to since then? Well, on that season one finale, I had mentioned that I was in Lyons, Georgia to do my interview with Bob Keller. And the main reason I was there was because I needed to finish my paperwork for my South Carolina wrestling license. That license finally came in a couple of weeks ago, and I will be putting it to good use next weekend in Casey, South Carolina for WrestleForce. So that's cool. I just called one of the biggest fucking shows of my life last weekend for Lariata. We had the Rock and Roll Express versus the Good Brothers. We had... John Schuyler versus Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson in his corner. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, towards the end of this episode. I don't want to get too deep into the woods right now, but but yeah, man, it's 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 been a good little break. I finally got a lot of shit done around my house. I got my game room set up the way that I wanted. It's looking nice now. I finally bought a suit. You know, there's some people in the uh, in the wrestling business been busting my balls about not wearing a suit for uh, for commentary. Well, they don't have to do that anymore because I've got one. And I look good in it, just in case any of you were wondering. I hate wearing suits, though. Like, the reason that I fought it for so long was because suit jackets are just so fucking uncomfortable. I can't stand them. I liked, like, the last Lariato show that I did back in November, I had just, I wore slacks and a dress shirt with the sleeves rolled up and a tie. Like, I thought that was a good look. I like that. But, unfortunately, whenever you, uh... You know, you have as many pounds on you as I do. You, you kind of need to cover some stuff up. You need to leave a little bit to the imagination. To that end, I also would like to say that I am currently on a pretty strict diet that the homie Zicky Dice is helping me out with. Couldn't go but a couple of minutes into an episode without bringing up the homies. So, well, of course, this is main event heat. But yeah, I've, I'm, I'm dieting right now. I've, I've been doing this for about three or four weeks. I've lost about 10 pounds so far. I'm hoping I can lose, you know, if I, if, if I can lose 40 or 50 pounds altogether before the end of the year, I, I'd be happy with that. You know, that's, that's the hope right now. Just a few weeks ago, I went out to South Carolina to actually get in the ring for a little bit. Bob Keller taught me how to run the ropes and went over some fundamentals, and hopefully I get to go back out there soon and take some bumps. And yeah, just just bouncing off those ropes a few times, I went, oh boy, I've uh, I've really got to do something about this. So yeah, hopefully we've got uh, we've got a, a a sweeter and sexier Rob coming here in the future. But some big things have happened in the wrestling industry since the last time that we spoke. AEW had one of their biggest pay per views ever in Revolution, the first AEW pay per view I haven't had to do a review for in quite a while, so I was actually able to really sit down and soak the show in. WrestleMania weekend's right around the corner. A lot of stuff relating to that that we're going to talk about later in this episode. And even more big news for the first time in over two years, the WWE has finally released a video game. WWE 2K22 came out just a couple of weeks ago now to, uh, I don't want to say rave reviews because they're not, but to, to, to slightly above mediocre reviews. And the thing is, is for, for any other 
game franchise, this wouldn't be too great of a look, you know, to get seven out of tens across the board. But for the WWE 2K franchise, they're fucking killing it with this game because 2K20 was a piece of shit. And, uh, you know, I decided I, I needed to get my hands on this game for research so that we could talk about it here on the show. And I've put, I think I've put probably close to 40 hours into it right now over the last couple of weeks since it came out. And, and you know what, guys, it's, it's really, it's really not a bad game. If you, if you have been hesitant to pick up WWE 2K22 because of the absolute shit show that 2K20 was and the absolute, just the crowd goes mild reaction that 2K19 and 18 got, I will tell you 2K22 is better than all of the 2K games that come out, except for 14 which we're actually going to talk about 2K14 a little bit later today whenever I go over my top 10 favorite wrestling games. But the thing with 2K14 is it wasn't really a 2K game. Like THQ, if I'm not mistaken, had already done a lot of the development on that game by the time 2K bought the property. So that's literally, it's 2K14 in name only. Like it was a fucking THQ game. But yeah, as, as from 2K15 to now, I will say that 2K22 is the best one. Do I think that 2K needs to hold on to this license any longer? Probably not. I think at this point, I'd like to see somebody else's take on a wrestling game. I know the conversation has been had a lot recently that EA is potentially looking at buying the WWE property, I guess. And, you know, a lot of people have had some negative things to say about that. EA with their you know, quote unquote, shady business practices as it comes to microtransactions. I worked for EA for five years. I can tell you this right now. Yes, kind of, kind of fucking shady over there, especially as far as the microtransactions and all that shit goes. It's no worse than 2K. I don't even think they're as bad as 2K, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. You know, the worst that I ever saw it over there, I actually worked on Star Wars Battlefront 2. And that game, like, I'm surprised they didn't fucking pull it off the shelves how bad the reaction was to the, the loot boxes in that game. Because it was, it essentially made multiplayer pay to win. And I saw the community blow the fuck up. And you know what EA did? They didn't double down like 2K probably would have. They, they fixed it. And that game is actually a very fun game to play now. And I think that EA has really toned it down over the years. You know, I mean, Madden Ultimate Team and all that shit, it, it is what it is. Ultimate Team gonna Ultimate Team. But as far as their other games, I think they've put out some pretty damn good products. The most recent UFC game was a damn good game. They've got, like, kind of their indie division over there at EA now. They, they put out a game uh, late last year called It Takes Two. Me and my wife have been playing. It was actually a really fun game. But anyway, I, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent there. Trust me, there is no love between myself and EA. I, I had a very bad time working there, and I do have a lot of negative things to say about that company, but I honestly think they would do a better job with the IP than 2K has. I would like to see somebody else get their hands on this IP. Now, as far as the game itself, what are some things that I like? What are some things that I don't like? Here is my official review of WWE 2K22. A lot of people have been giving it a 7 out of 10. That's pretty much where it sits on Metacritic, you know, like that 70 out of 100 range. I think that that's, I think that's a good spot. I think that's probably where I put it, 7 out of 10 on my personal scale. Graphics-wise, it is the first time that I think there's actually been a big graphical jump since the jump from like 2K15 to 16. The models in 2K15 looked really weird. Like all the bodies looked like they were made out of concrete. It was, it was really odd. Then 16 looked a lot better. 
But then from 16 to 20, the games kind of fucking looked the same with like some different lighting. You know, the, there would be these screenshots that would come out. And people go, oh my God, the game looks so much better this year. It's fucking lighting. They changed the lighting. That's all they did. It's all they fucking did. I do think that the character models for the first time in a long time actually do look pretty good. There are still some character models that don't look too great. You know, most of the women, I don't know, for whatever fucking reason, women and long hair, specifically long hair on women, 2K just can't get it right. I don't know what the fucking problem is. Like, Sasha Banks's face looks fucking weird in the game. A lot of the women's faces look weird in the game. For some odd reason, they just don't know how to create women characters worth the damn over there. And yeah, the hair physics are shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on over there at 2K. So many other companies can get long hair right now, but 2K cannot. There was a point in time like 10 years ago where it was fine that like your hair would look all shitty and cakey and would clip into your shoulders. But like this is this is 2022. Most every studio has figured this shit out except for 2K. So as far as graphics go, yeah, they, they look better. Are they perfect? Fuck no, but they do look better. The gameplay, there has been some gameplay changes as far as the controls. Now you have your, your heavy attacks and your light attacks, and your, you've got the standard one-button grapple like you did back in the day. They changed the finishers where instead of pressing Y for your finisher, it's the trigger and A, and then trigger and X for your signature. Uh, a bunch of other controller differences between this game and the last several that we don't really need to get into in detail. Uh, I'm fine with them. I thought that I wasn't going to like them at first, but but I'm, I, I'm cool with them. I've gotten pretty used to the controls, and it does feel good. You know, for a long time during the buildup for this game, they kept talking about how it hits different. Like, that's been their big slogan. It hits different. I think that the only thing that hits different is the fact that there's a button to light hit and heavy hit. That's the hit different. Like, it's nothing really hits different. Yes, are the controls slightly different? Yes, they are. Do they feel pretty good? Yeah, I think they feel pretty good. But is it like some big game-changing deal? No, it's really fucking not. Is it that much different from the old games? No, it's really fucking not. But it's, you know, the gameplay feels good. It, it, it feels pretty good. You know, there there's a new, like, kind of a combo system that you can do where, of, like, you, you straight together certain light and heavy tacks it'll fold into like a either a big lariat or big boot or a, a short grapple or something depending on who you're playing as and that feels kind of neat you know it, it makes the gameplay flow pretty decently smooth for the most part I do I do like the new combo system it's not something like uh, you know other franchises that we're going to talk about a little bit later where like all of the gameplay is reliant 100% on combos. It's not that whatsoever. Each character has like five, six combos that they can do. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's a neat addition to the gameplay. They got rid of the limited reversals. Thank fucking God. Because nothing sucks more than playing as one of your favorite characters, one of your favorite wrestlers in the world, and they've only got three reversals in the fucking game. That sucks so much dick. When you play online, I remember 2K, it was either 18 or 19 playing online. Pretty much everybody was playing as Neville because Neville was one of the handful of guys that had five uh, reversal pips. So, like, you would just, that's the guy you want to play as because you have more chances to reverse people. And it, it basically became a game of whoever had the most reversals saved up for the longest, that's the guy that won. And that fucking sucked. I hated that feature so much. As far as modes go, we've got My Rise, which is the the typical campaign mode. You know, like, there's been some games where it's like, yeah, like, you walk around backstage and, and trigger some matches and stuff like that. But, like, there's nothing really intuitive about that. 
And they've had, I know in 2K, I think it was 2K19 where you get to play as an indie darling who's like trying to break into the WWE or whatever. It was corny, but like, yeah, it was a campaign. 2K20 had a very fucking corny campaign too. This campaign, I think is, is, it's pretty fun for the most part. I'm having a good time with it. What's neat is it brought back kind of the, the branching story narrative that you, I think, debuted in in WWF No Mercy, if I'm not mistaken. They're kind of like depending on how, like, if you if you say no to this person, say yes to this person, win this match, lose this match, it, it kind of changes where you go in the campaign. They've got something like that going on on here. It's a little more linear than, you know, those older games are, but it's still neat. It was, you know, it's more than just, you know, oh, if I say this, then this this person's dialogue that follows has got to be slightly different. It's more than that. Like, like, if you're a healer, if you're a face, like, you do two completely different things. Like, I watched... Uh, Chris Danger, Chris Dinker on YouTube, Dink Ops, if you guys haven't checked him out, please do. I've been watching his playthrough, and he's been a heel, like, all throughout, and how his campaign started was completely different from mine, because I started off as a babyface, and it was really cool watching his, and then going and playing mine, it was kind of like two different games, me and him had two totally different sets of options early on in the game, which was really neat. So I do think My Rise is pretty solid, for the most part, that's, I think that's one of the better modes in the game. You've got My Faction, which is like an ultimate team mode. I haven't dabbled with it too much, and I've I've played a handful of matches, and I don't really care. It's not really my thing. If you're into like that Madden ultimate team collecting cards and shit like that, then it's, it's whatever. It's a nice little time killer, but it doesn't really pique my personal interest too much, but it's okay. It's not terrible. You've got the Return of Universe mode. That's kind of been the big 2K thing. I haven't touched Universe mode yet. I've I've never really liked Universe mode. The only reason that I ever played it before was because I wanted to have a GM mode type experience, but they didn't have GM mode since SmackDown vs. Raw 08. But wait, WWE 2K22 sees the return of GM mode. It is called My GM, and this is a mode that means a lot to me. Because we're going to talk about this later whenever I go over what I believe are the top 10 best wrestling video games, in my opinion. GM mode is going to be something that I talk about quite a lot. Because there are going to be games on this list that are only on this list because of their GM modes. I will say this about 2K22. There are some new features that I do like. I like that you can... They give you five GMs to pick from, or you can have a custom GM, which could be any custom characters that that you have on your storage drive. Of the five GMs that you get, you get a pretty decent bit of variety. They all have their own like special abilities that you use in the form of cards throughout GM mode, which I thought I was going to hate the cards, but I actually don't. They're actually kind of fun. And then you get to pick what brand you're on. So it's not like the old games where it's like, if you're SmackDown, you're Teddy Long. If you're Raw, you're Jonathan Coachman, whatever. No, it's not like that. If you pick Shane McMahon, you can be on whatever brand you want. If you pick Adam Pearce, you can be on whatever brand you want. So that's really cool. I do like they give you that choice. It's pretty limiting. You only get singles matches and tag matches. No triple threats, no fatal four ways, no six-man tags, nothing like that. No battle royals. It's just single matches or tag team matches. And then as far as stipulations go, you only get either a normal match, tables, TLC, Hell in a Cell, and what's the other one? Extreme Rules, I think. 
not a lot of variety whenever it comes to the matches. I, I, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. And as far as, even worse, as far as the belts that you have on your brand, even though you can have tag matches, you don't have any tag belts. You have your men's world title and you have your women's world title. That's fucking it. Like, that is that is insane to me. What the, This company has got so many belts across all of these brands that are represented. You've got SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and NXT UK all represented on this mode. And you've got two belts for each fucking one. That blows my mind. There's essentially no mid-card whenever you're making your shows. Whenever you do your weekly show, you can book three matches and two promos. Whenever you do most pay-per-views, 11 out of the 12 pay-per-views, you can book, I think it's four matches and three promos. And then whenever you do WrestleMania, you get five matches and I think just three promos. Either five matches and three promos or five matches and four promos. Which, like, as far as, like, the number of matches, I'm totally okay with that. Like, in all honesty, like, if it's if if you get only three matches, then that's, like, technically you've got, like, a one-hour Raw, which I think is what it should be anyway. So I'm fine with that, honestly. Like, I know a lot of people would prefer more. I know in, in the older games you would get five matches, but... You know, I, I, I think it's fine because if you have a smaller roster, it's a little bit easier to maintain. It's a little bit easier to keep track of the rivalries you've got going on and stuff like that. I, I wish there was a choice, though. Like, I wish you could choose the, you know, I either want to have three matches on my show or I want to have five. You know, I, I do wish they gave you that choice. And and like I said, you know, about the whole not having all of these different special stipulations. Whenever you do the Royal Rumble, you there's no Royal Rumble match. Whenever you do Survivor Series, there's no elimination tag. There's no battle of the brand type matches like how you get in Survivor Series. Survivor Series has basically become bragging rights over the last handful of years where you got Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. You can't do that on this game. There is no you versus the other team. You two just get your own version of the pay-per-view. Like whenever you get to the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, SmackDown gets one and Raw gets one. Or, or even worse, I fucking hate this. Whenever, if you pick NXT or NXT UK... You don't get their pay-per-views to do. You do the regular pay-per-views, Hell in a Cell, TLC, Extreme Rules. Like, you do those pay-per-views. That's fucking goofy to me. Like, there's so many things that were just kind of lazily done. I wonder if this mode was like a last-minute addition. I wonder if they were like 70% through the early development and were like, fuck, we really need to add GM mode. Like, it's kind of how it feels because there's a lot of stuff that, like, I question, like, why is there not that much content here? Like content that was in this mode, you know, over 15 years ago in, in SmackDown versus Raw 06. Why the fuck is so much stuff missing? With all of the stuff that's missing, I will say this though, it is still pretty fun. It is still pretty fun to go through. I have had, I've started three different GM modes. I've completed the first two. You can choose between, I think it's 15 weeks, 25 weeks, or 50 weeks. I know a lot of people have complained that there isn't a continuous GM mode, but I'm honestly fine with that. I would usually start a new one after the first year anyway, so I'm totally cool with how it is right now. The only issue I'm having is 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 on my, uh, I'm, I'm doing a playthrough on SmackDown right now, and I've reached some point like 30 weeks in where the game just fucking crashes on me every time I, every time I I try to reload my uh, my GM mode. I don't know what's going on. Like I simulate through my card and then it crashes every single fucking time. I'm waiting for a patch. Hopefully whatever the fuck that is gets fixed because I really don't want to restart after I've put like 30 weeks into that mode. But as, as far as 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 far as a GM mode goes, I like it. I don't love it, 
But compared to a lot of the other companies that have tried their hand at GM mode over the last handful of years, this is the better one. You know, I'll give you an example. AEW released their Elite General Manager app on uh, Android and iPhone last year. That doesn't scratch the itch for me whatsoever. I want to like that because it's AEW, but I, I really don't like how their GM mode works. I don't like that the the whole idea of how that game works at all. It just it 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 does not scratch the edge. And they were pretty open about that. Like Aubrey Evers was pretty open about like this is not what you're expecting. And I really fucking wish that it was because I'm not a big fan of that game at all. But as far as, you know, the other companies that have tried their hand at a GM mode type experience since SmackDown vs. Raw 08, which is the last WWE game to have it, this is pretty good. Um, I think it's better than SmackDown vs. Raw 08, but that's just because, like, some of the features that they tried, some of the new features that they tried in 08 were kind of goofy and just I really didn't care for. 08 also limited you. I think you had to have clean superstars versus dirty superstars. You couldn't have like baby faces against baby faces, stuff like that. This game, you can do whatever the fuck you want. They'll advise you not to do that, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. And then SmackDown vs. Raw 08 really suffered from having a pretty small roster because it was it was a smaller roster. I think it was a smaller roster than 07. And then you've got the third brand inclusion. You've got ECW included, which they make Tommy Dreamer the GM of ECW, so you take him out of the fucking draft pool. Anytime that I go back and play SmackDown versus Raw 08 GM mode, I have to unlock as many of the legend superstars as I can just so that I can pad my roster and actually have like 18 or 19 people. But yeah, the GM mode is a big focus for me on this game. This was a big selling point for me. I do think it is fun, but it's there's a lot of glaring missed opportunities that, you know, I've been in the industry for nine years now myself. So it makes me think, you know, it makes me think, you know, did they decide kind of last minute to add this mode? Like it really doesn't feel like something that's been on the cards since early development. And if it has been, shame on them. Like, shame on them for thinking that this was going to be okay. If this is something that they tried to just squeeze in at the last minute before they went alpha, then it makes sense that so many things are missing. But if this is something that they've had on their plate since, like, the early development of this game, shame on 2K. But I think that's pretty much my review of WWE 2K22 in a nutshell. I haven't tested any of the online stuff. Really don't plan on doing that for a while online gameplay on something like this before you get any kind of major patches that's not something that really entices me but the the gm mode despite its flaws is a fun experience the gameplay feels pretty good the graphics do look pretty solid better than you know past wwe 2k games have my rise is also pretty fun my faction's a time killer if you're into that Oh, oh, there's also the Rey Mysterio showcase mode. I didn't really talk about that. It's a showcase mode. It's fine. You know, it looks good, plays good. You know, it's it's just talks about Rey, Rey Mysterio's career. If you're, you're big into Rey Mysterio, you'll like it. Uh, I'm not too crazy about how, like, there's one WCW match, and then it just jumps straight into, like, a couple of years into his WWE run. You get no other WCW matches other than the Halloween Havoc match with Eddie. You get none of his ECW shit, even though you could have made that happen in the game. You know, it's that's whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's fun. But yeah, 7 out of 10, I think, is a pretty good score for WWE 2K22. If you'd like to tell me what you thought about WWE 2K22, send me an email to maineventheat at yahoo.com, and, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Maybe I'll read it on next week's episode. But with the inclusion of the newest WWE game, it got me thinking, what are my top 10 favorite wrestling games of all time? And we're going to talk about what those games are right after this quick ad break. 
On April Fool's Day, it's time to get outlandish once again with Zicky Dice's Trouble in Paradise. Friday, April 1st, 1 p.m. at the Fairmont Hotel in Dallas, Texas as part of the WrestleCon Weekend Showcase. See some of your favorite wrestlers such as Speedball, Mike Bayer, Effie, Black Taurus, Vince Dorado, Hey Brother, Battle Royal winner, Carly Bravo, and of course the man of the hour, Outlandish Zicky Dice. Tickets available at WrestleCon.com and streaming live across the world at twitch.tv slash See you in paradise. And we're back and we're going to talk about my personal favorite top 10 professional wrestling games. A little disclaimer before we go through this. This is, in fact, my favorite top 10 wrestling games. This is not what I believe to be a definitive list in any way, shape or form. These are just the games that I personally enjoy. I was also born in 1991, so a lot of games from the late 80s, early 90s that some of you guys might have grown up with, I didn't grow up with. The oldest game on this list is late 90s. It is what it is. Don't get mad at me, please. I've also got some weird ones on this list, and I'll try to explain why they are on this list to the best of my abilities. But let's go ahead and get into it. Number 10 on my personal favorite top 10 professional wrestling games. Number 10 is TNA Impact. Wait a second. Don't press stop yet. <laughs> let, me, let me explain. That game, TNA Impact, has not gone down as an amazing wrestling game in anybody's eyes. And I understand why. There is a lot of problems, a lot of things that could have went a lot better with that game. But I will say this. Number one, at the time whenever it came out, the graphics on the Xbox 360 and the PS3, it was easily the best looking wrestling game on the market it beat the shit out of the wwe games i think at the time wwe uh smackdown versus i think at the time smackdown versus raw 08 was out 08 09 something like that whenever tna impact came out tna impact looked way better that's that's number one number two the roster you've got aj styles christopher daniels showtime eric young kevin nash bubba ray and devon Robert Roode, James Storm, Sting, Kurt fucking Angle, Booker T, the list goes on. They had just a an absolutely amazing roster on that game. The gameplay was pretty limited. There wasn't a whole hell of a lot of moves that everybody had. I think each wrestler only had like four different grapples and a couple of different strikes. But what they did have, for the most part, worked pretty well. I like the reversal system. You could you could reverse a reversal, which is something that kind of wish WWE would get on that train. I'm not going to lie to you. Bouncing off the ropes in a six-sided ring. That's another thing that was really fucking cool, and no other game had that at the time. It had a story-driven career mode where you play as a masked wrestler named Suicide. Yes, the actual Suicide that you've seen on your TV was based off of the character from the video game. You play as his character Suicide, he gets his ass whooped by LAX at the beginning of the game, and then he gets dropped off in Mexico and doesn't know who he is. So you have to work your way back to TNA with amnesia and try to piece all the shit together. It's it's a little goofy, but you know what? It's fun. Anytime that a wrestling game does something like that, it, it, it's, it's pretty fun and it gives you something outside of the norm to do. Is it my absolute favorite career mode in the world? Fuck no, it's not. But it's fun, it's neat, it's interesting. Something that that game had was it had good bones. It had a good starting point. 
good foundation. If they would have made TNA Impact 2, TNA Impact 2, I can tell you right now, would have been on this list and it would have been a hell of a lot higher than number 10. There was a very good starting point there. I think what stopped them is Midway Games went bankrupt like a couple of years after this game came out, I want to say. I'm pretty sure that was the uh, that was the issue why they could not put out a part two. But yeah, if you've ever played this game, you will agree with me. There is a good foundation there for a really good sequel down the road. Just like we talked about WWE 2K22 earlier, like that GM mode. There's a good foundation there. It is not perfect, but there is a good foundation there. And if they do build on it, it can be a great mode. Now moving on to number nine, the only 2K wrestling game that is going to make it on this list, WWE 2K14. We talked a little bit about this earlier. 2K14 is not really a fucking 2K game. It is a 2K game by name alone. THQ had already started development on this game whenever they went bankrupt and 2K bought the IP. So basically what happened was Ukes went from THQ over to 2K, took everything that they had already worked on and just kept going. That's what fucking happened. This is not a 2K game. And a lot of people praise this game and they call it the best 2K WWE game. And it's just so funny to me because it's really not a fucking 2K game at all. And if you notice, whenever we pick up a year later with 2K15, it drastically goes downhill from there. The big thing in WWE 2K14, they built on this Road to Glory type mode that you had in WWE 13 where you got to play through the Attitude Era in its entirety. In 2K14, you get to play through 30 years of WrestleMania, which was their big selling point, and it was very neat. The only problem that I had with this whole playing through the 30 years of WrestleMania thing, and it's something that kind of bothered me that nobody else really brought up, maybe nobody else played this game, but there was an old THQ game, THQ WWE game, that I believe was called Legends of WrestleMania, and it did this first, almost exactly like it, where you play through a bunch of WrestleMania matches, and there's quick time events, and there's different tasks that you have to complete throughout the match, just like on this game. Now, is Legends of WrestleMania a great game? No, but it did this first. It did this exact thing first, and nobody talks about that, and that blew my fucking mind. Like, whenever they announced this game, and they're like, oh, you're going to get to play through 30 years of WrestleMania, and it's going to be just like the Attitude, it's going to be just like the Attitude Era mode in WWE 13, except it's just WrestleMania. The first fucking thing that popped in mind, okay, so Legends of WrestleMania, that came out in, like, 2008, that's what this fucking is, and nobody else said anything about it, blew my mind. But other than that, it it played really well because it was just an upgrade of WWE 13, which was a good game. Speaking of WWE 13, number eight on this list is WWE 13. I said that 2K14 is an upgrade from 13. The reason that 13 makes it higher on my list is because I like the progression of going through the Attitude Era more than I liked going through the 30 years of WrestleMania. I'm a very big fan of the Attitude Era. That's whenever I started watching the WWE and just going through all of these different matches that took place on Raw and the early days of SmackDown and all of these other obscure WWF pay-per-views. That is way more interesting to me than playing through WrestleMania matches exclusively. And having that, you know, you've got two different rosters. You've got your modern day roster full of all the guys that were big in the WWE in 2012. And then you have an Attitude Era only roster. And that roster was fucking killer. That is really, honestly, it's that roster is what puts WWE 13 just one spot over 2K14 for me. 
In at number seven, we're going to talk about something that is not a WWE game. It is Fire Pro Wrestling World. The Fire Pro Wrestling series has been around for a very long time. I think something around 25, 30 years, something like that. Fire Pro Wrestling World is the only game in the series that I have played. Uh, as a lot of you guys that have played the games know, it's not exactly the biggest name in the States. It is a lot more popular in Japan than it is over here. But Fire Pro Wrestling World got a lot of traction, especially whenever they released the PS4 version of the game because the PS4 version came with the New Japan Pro Wrestling roster. That was a really big deal for me because whenever this game came out, I think it came out in 2018, I want to say, on the PS4, I was watching New Japan religiously. That was like really the only promotion. That and Ring of Honor were like the only things that I was watching all the time. So I was super huge into that idea of, hey, this is technically a New Japan video game. That's how I looked at it, and I, I really love that. The gameplay, if you have never played a Fire Pro Wrestling game, the gameplay might not be for some. I'll tell you straight up, it's not for me. It is all combo-based. It, it's got auto-grappling, which I fucking hate, and you've got to put in combos to do all your different moves. I know for a lot of people that are into that kind of thing, they love it, and it's perfect for them. And hey, that that's, that's great. It's not for me. What I do love about Fire Pro Wrestling World is, number one, the creation suite. You can create any fucking wrestler in the world that you want. And a lot of that you can attribute to the graphics really haven't been upgraded since like the PS2 Fire Pro games. And that's fine. Like I'm not a graphics guy. If the game plays well enough, I really don't care what it looks like. But, you know, with how simplified the graphics are and with just the vast library of items that you have in their creation suite, you can create any wrestler that you want. They also have a create a move system and you can create pretty much any fucking move that you want. And that's really killer for guys that, you know, like kind of fantasy booking their own stuff through these video games. That's really cool. You can put basically any wrestler that you want into this game with those features. Now, whenever I bought this game on PS4 and I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't super into the gameplay, I put it down. What made me pick it back up was later on they included a mode called Fire Promoter. That's right. Fire Pro Wrestling got a fucking GM mode. Whenever that happened, I picked the game up on Steam because that seemed like something I'd rather play on my PC than on my PlayStation. And I've sunk quite a lot of time into Fire Promoter. I, I really do like it. There's a lot of things that I, I wish other GM modes could pick up. Like, you, you're you not just playing against one other promotion. You're playing against, like, seven or eight other promotions. And you can actually partner with promotions just like New Japan does in real life. You can have talent trades with people. You can send your talent over to other people's shows. You can invite people from other shows to come to your team. You can book free agents to come and do certain spots for you. You can book tournaments. There's there's a lot of really neat stuff that you can do in Fire Promoter that you can't do in other GM modes. Is it perfect? Fuck no. It's, but is it fun? Yes, it is very fun. And like I said, you know, I'm a sucker for a good GM mode. I have sunk a lot of time into this game specifically for that mode. And to segue from number seven to number six, another game that I have sunk a lot of hours into specifically for that sweet GM mode, SmackDown vs. Raw 06 coming in at number six. SmackDown vs. Raw 06 was the first WWE game to feature a GM mode, and in my humble opinion and the opinion of a lot of other people, it did it the best. No other GM mode has done it perfectly since. Only three SmackDown vs. Raw games had a GM mode, 06, 07, 08. I think 07 probably had the best roster, 
but 06 just it did it perfectly you just gave you such control and and that was kind of a problem that I felt in 07 and 08 where I felt like they kind of took the control away a little bit in certain aspects 07 I hated the UI I really fucking hated the user interface in 07 06 though I find myself so often booting up my PS2 and playing through the GM mode on 06 it's so fucking good I love it so much We've been hounding 2K and pretty much anybody that wants to make a wrestling game for the last, you know, more than a decade now. We want GMO. We want GMO. Whenever we say we want GMO, what we're saying is we want SmackDown vs. Raw 06 GM mode. And it blows my mind that 2K22 didn't borrow more from the SmackDown vs. Raw 06 GM mode, considering, like, they can do it. You know, like, they, they own this shit. Why the fuck don't just, just go to the perfect one and just repeat that? Just make a, a remastered SmackDown vs. Raw 06, but it's just the GM mode. It's the GM mode, but it's got, like, the current day roster. That would be so fucking cool. And the ability to download community creations like you can do on the 2K game. So you can put whoever the fuck you want on your roster. That would be so killer. That's all that I want. That GM mode is so great. The gameplay of SmackDown vs. Raw 06, you know, it was, it, was, it was pretty good. This was, I think, the first game where they kind of changed it, where, like, a lot of the grappling was done on the right stick. I know that a lot of people fucking hate that. I didn't mind it at the time. Going back and playing those games now, I do prefer the games that came before it. I do think that certain games that we're going to talk about a little later in this list did the grappling and striking all that a lot better than 06 did. But it's not terrible. I, I did I did play the, the actual game. You know, I, I did play some of the other modes in that game other than GM mode. But the, the GM mode is the reason that that game is on this list, straight up. Number five, WWE All-Stars. This is, if, if anybody wants to make an arcade wrestling game in 2022, try to copy as much as you could from this game. WWE All-Stars was so fun. And it's another thing, just like TNA Impact, where I said it had good bones, it had a good foundation. WWE All-Stars had that too. Not the biggest roster. You had like, I think it was, you know, maybe like like between 12 and 15 current superstars, 12 and 15 legends, something like that. Not a super big roster, especially compared to these days where you used to having like three, 400 people on these 2K games. But it looked good. You know, all the characters looked fucking blown up like crazy. Like all of them looked like they were 400 plus pounds, just roided the fuck out, which was, it was cool. It looks over the top. The graphics were nice and cartoony. I really liked how the graphics worked. The moves were super over the top. Like if you're if you're move, you're like Eddie Guerrero and you do a frog splash, you jump like 50 feet in the air before you land on him with the frog splash. If you do like a choke slam, you like jump super high in the air and then slam him and there's this huge ripple effect throughout the mat whenever you slam him. It's really cool and it's a lot of fun. And they tried 2K tried to bring that arcade aspect back a few years ago with WWE Battlegrounds. That game fucking sucked. Like, that was so boring. Everybody had the same movesets. Like, there's five different classes in the game. It's like Bruiser, Fighter, Cruiserweight, whatever the fuck. Like, they've all got, like, like these certain classes. And if your character is the same class as this other character, they play the exact same. Like, every Bruiser has the exact same moves. The only difference is their, their uh, finishers. That's it powerhouses, whatever the fuck. I can't remember what the classes are. I played that game for a few hours and then quickly got bored of it and was like, okay, I know that they want this to be like WWE All-Stars, but it's not at all. It was it was not a fucking fun game whatsoever. 
WWE All-Stars, if you've got an Xbox 360 or a PS3, pick up a copy of this game. It is well worth your time. It's so much fun to play. It, it, it really is. I still play it to this day. Most of the games on this list, actually, actually, I think all of the games on this list, I still own these games, and I still regularly play these. WWE All-Stars, as far as arcade wrestling games go, that game got it right. And if they could have made an All-Stars Part 2 with a bigger roster and a more expansive story mode or something like that, because like they had... Like a like an arcade mode that you can do, but it, it not a lot of replay value there. They had a creation suite, but it wasn't the best. If you would have built on those things in a part two, would have been a fantastic fucking game. Number four, a game that is near and dear to my heart, Def Jam Fight for New York. I'm going to bundle in Def Jam Vendetta with this one as well, because Def Jam Vendetta is more of a wrestling game than Def Jam Fight for New York is. Def Jam Fight for New York is more of the more just a straight-up brawling game. Vendetta actually had, like, wrestling rings. I think there's a couple of rings in Fight for New York, but Vendetta was very much more a wrestling game. And the reason for that is because it was supposed to be a wrestling game. EA was going to make a sequel to WCW Mayhem, which was not an awesome game, but, you know, as far as EA wrestling games go at the time, it was it was better than Backstage Assault. That's about all I can tell you. But they were going to make a sequel to, to WCW Mayhem, put it on the PS2, then WCW goes out of business and they're like, fuck, we've already, you know, created so much of the gameplay and, and what this game was going to be. We've already got so much stuff already developed. What are we going to do with this? And some fucking genius in that boardroom said, I've got an idea. Rappers. And then they fucking, they, they get on the phone with Def Jam Records, I guess. And next thing you know, you've got a wrestling game with Ludacris and Method Man and DMX and all kinds of other fun shit. It's, it's awesome. And it's a great series. Fight for New York was the perfect sequel. Like we talked about with a couple other games on this list, you know, about these games having good bones. And if there would have been a sequel, it would have been so much better. That was this series. Vendetta had really good bones, a really good foundation. And Fight for New York just amplified everything with a bigger roster and more modes and more, you know, everything. Just just more over-the-topness, more customization. It's it's a wild fucking game. And if you want to get your hands on a copy nowadays, it's tough. I remember like two years ago, two or three years ago, I was walking through a game store and I saw a copy of Fight for New York for PS2, and it was like 60 bucks. And I was like, I'm not fucking paying 60 That was retail when this game came out. Why the fuck would I pay 60 bucks on this game? And then I went in that same store like six months later, and it was like 100 bucks. God knows what it is now. So if, if you can get your hands on a copy of Fight for New York, and if you've got the means, please get it. it. It is a fantastic game. For legal reasons, I don't condone downloading emulators on this podcast, but if you've got a PS2 emulator... Maybe go ahead and pick up a copy of uh, Fiverr New York while you're at it. Fantastically fun. Even if rap music's not your thing, the gameplay is so much fucking fun. And rap music is my thing, so I'm super into it. It's 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 a great series. Let's just not talk about Def Jam Icon. That uh, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move the fuck on. Not talk about that one. Number three, this is when we're going to start getting to games that is on everybody's list. Number three is WCW versus NWO Revenge. Revenge is a sequel to World Tour. Same thing like we've been talking about with a lot of other games on this list. World Tour had good bones. was not a perfect game. I don't even think you could choose what arena you wrestled in. There was not a very big roster. I don't even think everybody had their correct finishing moves. But it had good bones. 
and those bones eventually made WCW versus NWO Revenge, which is world tour on crack. Like it's got a fucking huge roster. The gameplay is the same, but better. It's got a huge list of different arenas that you can choose from. And the arenas look so fucking awesome. Sold out bash at the beach. They Halloween havoc. These arenas look so fucking cool in this game. And there's no loading screen. Like whenever you choose what wrestlers and you choose what arena, you go straight into the entrances. And that was so fucking killer at the time. I have probably, as a kid, I sunk more time into World Tour because that was just the copy that me and my friend had. And we played World Tour all the time. And we thought it was the greatest wrestling game in the world because at the time, there hadn't been a better wrestling game. Then when Revenge came out, I was like, fuck World Tour. That's a piece of shit. Like, Revenge is so much fun. The only reason that this game does not hit number one on my list is because as a kid, I was more into the WWF. Even... As an adult, I liked that late 90s WWF roster more than I liked the WCW roster. And that's going to segue perfectly into number two, WWF No Mercy. Honorable mention right here at two is going to be WWF WrestleMania 2000. They're basically the same game. WWF No Mercy made a few improvements in that I don't think I don't think in WrestleMania 2000 you could actually like your characters didn't actually come out with title belts, I don't believe. But No Mercy, you could come out with title belts. No Mercy also had the the branching story mode that WWF WrestleMania 2000 did not have that. And the rosters were slightly different. Like, I think there might be like one or two people that showed up on WrestleMania 2000 that weren't on No Mercy. But No Mercy had like a small handful of people that weren't on WrestleMania 2000. I don't have the list in front of me, but it, it, it's not a huge difference. Like, the rosters, for the most part, are very similar. The reason for that is because the games came out like eight months apart. Like, hey, like fucking WrestleMania 2000 comes out and then like a half a year later, No Mercy's out, which is wild. But yeah, No Mercy is is just a better version of WrestleMania 2000. But WrestleMania 2000 still is fucking great. The gameplay is exactly the same between the two. One of the big differences is, is in No Mercy, you don't get full entrances. Like you, like you get just enough time for your wrestler to walk out on the ramp. You see what their name is. They hit a taunt and then it just flashes straight to the next, the next entrance or flashes straight to the match. I know there's probably some people out there that would prefer to see the whole entrance. For those people, I tell you, go play WrestleMania 2000. For me, I ain't give a fuck. Like, I'm trying to play this game. I don't give a fuck about them taking a long entrance. But yeah, no mercy. This is the game that everybody talks about. AEW has been very clear about they want their console game, whenever the fuck it's supposed to come out, they want it to play like No Mercy. They, I think their creative director is the guy that fucking did No Mercy, if I'm not mistaken. It is a standard holder in all... In all of wrestling games, No Mercy to this day, even being over 20 years old, is still so fucking fun to play. It got everything right. But that's number two. What could possibly be number one? Number one is the game that I think just got everything right slightly better. And that is WWE Here Comes the Pain. Just like how No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 have that perfect quintessential attitude era roster, 
Here Comes the Pain has the best version of the Ruthless Aggression roster. You've got a young John Cena, young Randy Orton, young Batista. I think that this is actually the first game that all three of those guys were in, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there might have been like a GameCube game or something that had them first, but... Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this was the first game in the WWE series to have Cena, Batista, and Orton, which is a huge fucking deal. Not to mention, it's one of the only WWE games at the time to have Goldberg, because Goldberg was only with the company for a year. I, he made it to one or two of the GameCube games, and I think he was on one or two of the Xbox games, but like on PlayStation, this was your only fucking option to be Goldberg. And then you've got the story mode that was different depending on if you were on SmackDown or if you were on Raw. And then you've got every character has, like, depending on, like, what tier your character is. If you've got, like, a mid-card guy or a tag team guy or a main event guy, you had a different campaign mode that you play through. And it was so much fun. Like, it, the, the replay value on Here Comes the Pain is just so high. And I think really the only reason that I put it over No Mercy is because to me that PS2 era was such a bigger part of my childhood because, you know, that was like my, I was like a preteen whenever this game came out. I think I was probably 12 or 13 whenever Here Comes the Pain came out. So like I, I, I was really, I was able to appreciate that game a lot more than I could games like No Mercy and WCW versus NWO Revenge because those games came out before I was 10 years old, you know? So it's it's like I knew that I loved those games, but I didn't really know what I had. When Here Comes a Pain came out, I knew what I had, and I knew what I had was perfection. That game is so much fun in every single way. Such a fantastic fucking roster. And I understand that a lot of people, if you go look at pretty much any other top 10 list, a lot of people put No Mercy in front of Here Comes a Pain. And that's fine. If you, you know, want to argue with me and say that you think No Mercy should be number one, hey, I get it. If you think No Mercy is number one, I'm not going to argue with you. It's a fucking great game. And, and honestly, like, this is really 1A, 1B for me. I love both of these games a lot. Like I said, I think just with Here Comes a Pain being a PS2 game and it being just the perfect version of that ruthless aggression roster i think that it slightly gets the edge but we're talking like the difference between like a 10 and a 9.9 .9, you know what i mean like it is such a slight difference that edges over no mercy but that is that's it guys we got a pretty meaty episode we did my wwe 2k22 review like i said gave that game a 7 out of 10 pretty solid check it out if you haven't already and then we went over my top 10 favorite wrestling games if you guys would like to give me your top 10 favorite wrestling games or give me your own personal review of WWE 2K22, email me at maineventheat at yahoo.com and let's talk about it. Next week is going to be a pretty big episode for me personally. I was thinking about bringing the show back next week instead of this week, but I did want to go ahead and, and talk about 2K22 and kind of get that out of the way right now because next week we are going to talk about my first entire year in the professional wrestling business. I made my debut as a commentator for Larry Auto Pro on March 26th in Rome, Georgia in 2021. March 26th this year, I'm going to be with WrestleForce in KC, South Carolina at the Community or Chaos Car Show event. And right after I get back from doing that, that show, I'm going to be talking about my first year in its entirety. 
And it's, it's been a great run. I've really enjoyed my first year in the wrestling business. I think year two is going to be even bigger. And we're going to talk about some of my favorite moments from the first year. Talk about some things that I, I maybe learned along the way. Some people that I was really excited to get to work with. And we're going to talk about some expectations that I have for year two. But that's all going to be next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the season two premiere of Main Event Heat. Holy fuck, it feels so good. We've got a new theme song. We got a new logo, all kinds of new shits popping off. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can do so by finding at Sweet Sexy Rob on Instagram and Twitter. If you would like to support the show, the best way to do that is by picking up a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers. And once again, thanks for hanging out. (laughs) 